Well, hello, my friends out there. Welcome to I Transform You. Um, I am your host, Amanda Moon, and I was going to go into my little spiel of what I Transform You is, but you know what? I'm just going to get into the podcast. So, talking about life is too short. Life really is way too short. Um, I don't know about you, but I have had a lot of loss in my life. Um, not just by deaths, people just leaving, departing earth. Um, but I've had a lot of relationships in my life that have been lost, that have been broken, that have been hard. Um, and then I have had, uh, my mom passed away, my dad passed away, my brother passed away. And really interesting, I just said my mom first. I never do that. So interesting to see uh, what I will talk about today. That's what's cool about this podcast. Um, I don't edit this. <laughs> I can push record. I can push a little button that says record and I can record this podcast. When it comes to other all the other tech stuff with this. I am not tech savvy, so I'm not editing this or anything. Um, now, if it's a video, it's a little bit different when I make my little videos for Instagram and things like that. But anyway, life is too short. Um, oh, so let's see. Uh, my dad, I'll start with that. My dad, my hero, my peace, my calm. Uh, I loved my dad so, so much. So I always just felt safe around my dad. Yeah, he was still punished me and things like that. But um, he just always made me feel calm and at peace and happy. Um, I just, I felt safe. And so, or what I knew to be happy. Um, I was not happy as a little girl. I was uh, very emotional um, I had a lot of anxiety. I didn't know that's what that was called back then. Uh, but I had a ton of anxiety. And um, anyway, he just helped me through that. Like if I was just feeling scared or worried or sad or hurt, um, I just wanted to be around my dad. So anyway, uh, I was 15 and a half when my dad passed away. And prior to him passing, um, for two years, he was sick with cancer. He was a Marine. He fought two tours in Vietnam. And um, he was exposed to Agent Orange. So if you don't know what Agent Orange is, it's um, a spray that uh, the United States was spraying on the crops over in Vietnam during the Vietnam War, and it was orange. And to this day, um, that is the deadliest chemical that has ever been produced. So you could go and research it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and I don't get into political things or anything like that. But my dad was one of those, just like other hundreds of thousands of, I don't even know what the count is now, millions of people that were affected by it. And it wasn't until years later that they found out they were affected by it. And it goes to six generations. Yes, that is correct. Six generations. 
So lots of illnesses are um, being discovered more and more from this when it first came out back in like 91, 90, 91, somewhere around there. And my dad passed away in 93. So it was very new. Um, it wasn't heard about much in, until back then. And so um, anyway, he was exposed to Agent Orange, and so he had cancer from Agent Orange. And he fought this battle for two years, and um, it was hard. It was hard to, looking at him, you would think, oh, he looks great. Um, but on the inside, he just, he was really sick, very, very sick. Uh, so he ended up having a bone marrow transplant. Um, they used his own bone marrow and, um, froze it. I don't remember for how long, but he ended up having that bone marrow transplant in September of 1993. And, um, he was at Stanford hospital for a month, a little over probably. Um, it was really hard for me. I did not want to go see him. I saw him one time and he was so sick. It didn't look like my dad. Um, it just, it was really hard for me. And, uh, he was not, that bone marrow transplant was not successful. And in November of 1993, uh, two weeks before he passed away, we were given the news that he only had two weeks left to live. So the doctors were spot on with my dad. Um, so in that two weeks, my dad was in the hospital and we watched my dad, you know, we were we visited with my dad, obviously. We were there. I don't know why I said watched. Um, we watched him <laughs> go through this, I guess. Um, but in those two weeks, uh, my dad took time to just talk with us. He was on morphine, a lot of morphine. So he slept, but he was very aware of what was happening. He knew that um, he was dying. And so... I guess you could say he was actively dying, but I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, because he knew he was dying, his body was shutting down, and he knew he was going to die, and he had two weeks left to live. And so we all knew that as well, and it was hard for us to like comprehend that. Like, is this really happening? Um, my dad would take us aside and talk to us individually, and um, the day that it was my turn for him to sit down with me and talk to me by myself and just, you know, tell me what he wanted for me, um, was very hard, obviously. So I'm sitting on the edge of the bed with my dad. Um, and here I am 15 and a half, just at a very vulnerable time in my life anyway, just being a teenager and, stuff like that. And if you listen to my last podcast, I'll get into the story. But if you listen to my last, last podcast, I was talking about listening to a Celine Dion song. And then I was like, oh, I was thinking of my dad, blah, blah, blah. So maybe this podcast will make a little bit more sense, like, <laughs> um, because I had lost my dad. So I'm sitting on the edge of my bed or on the hospital bed with my dad. And he grabs my hand and he says, Mandy. I'm like, yeah, dad. Um, so there you go. My nickname is Mandy. He says, I don't want you to marry Matt. <laughs> I can laugh about that now. Matt was my boyfriend at the time. Yes, I got in a really serious adult relationship at the age of 14. 
whole nother podcast for you. But he said, I do not want you to marry Matt. And I said, okay, dad. But then what he said to me next, what he wanted and hoped for me, for my life, was he said, Mandy, just want you to be happy. So my dad knew that I was never happy. And I just sat there with him and I just cried. Because at that moment, I had lost all happiness. I knew, like, wow, my dad's dying. He said, I love you. I kissed him. And I got up from his bed and I walked, was getting ready to walk out. And I was leaving for that night. And it happened to be November 24th, 1993. And I was getting ready to walk out of his room. And he stopped me right as I'm in the door frame. And he said, Mandy. And I turned around. I said, yeah, dad. And he said, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'll see you in the morning with this excitement. I said, okay, dad. I'll see you tomorrow. I love you. And I knew that 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 I knew by divine intervention, whatever it was, now that I know it to be divine intervention, I knew that that was it. That was the last time I was going to hear my dad's voice and see my dad. So I left and I went to my boyfriend's house and we're sitting there, my, my boyfriend and I and his stepdad, and I'm sitting there on the couch with my legs crossed. I never sit like that, Indian style, applesauce. What is that? Crisscross applesauce with those legs. And I'm biting my nails like I was just waiting. I don't, I don't even remember what I was waiting for, but it all made sense when I heard the knock on the door. I hear this knock on the door, and I just start crying. <laughs> I went to the door and it was my mom standing there crying, telling me that he was gone. That is the hardest thing. I'm 42 years old. I was 15 and a half. And that was the hardest, hardest, hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. I was molested when I was little. I have been through a lot of abuse and um, mentally, emotionally abuse. Um, And that is the hardest thing I've ever been through. And although I'm crying now, I can say that I'm healed from that. It has taken a long time. It has taken a lot of soul searching. And it has taken a lot of discipline and hard, hard work to get to that point to say I'm healed. Um, I sit here and I cry, like I said, thinking about that. But it was probably a few months ago that I realized I hadn't thought of my dad in a couple days. Because every day since that day, I have thought of my dad. Every single day. Not one day has ever gone by where I didn't think of my dad. And now I can say there's, I don't know, 
multiple days now that can go by and I haven't thought of him. And some may take that differently than how I say this, but I say it as I'm healed because I know, I know where my dad is. I know how happy he is. I know who he's with. And um, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy that he is healed, that um, he didn't suffer, and um, that he's in such an amazing, beautiful, beautiful place just with Jesus, worshiping Jesus all the time. But it's taken years. It's taken years for me to say that. So that's one of the big losses I've had in my life. Uh, I won't talk about it a lot in this podcast, but I was very severely, severely emotionally and mentally abused by my mom. She was bipolar, manic depressive. Um, but yet the other side of her was she was the most amazing, um, beautiful person just a good, a good heart. <laughs> as weird as that may sound, because if anyone understands um, a very, very, very high spectrum of bipolarness, then um, you know that the light switch goes on and off like instantly within like a second. And um, it's a very wild ride. Um, <laughs> I say it like this, like I would wake up daily every single day, never knowing if I was going to be walking on eggshells, tiptoeing on eggshells, walking around the eggshells, having to jump over the eggshells, how many there would be on the ground. Um, Would I have my shoes on or off? How bad were the eggshells going to hurt that day? Were they going to cut through my feet as I walked on them? So, Again, I won't go into a lot of detail about that, but my mom, I lost my mom um, in 2013, 2013. So my mom and I have had such a hard, 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 hard relationship. And um, that severe abuse obviously started from the time I was born Um And I didn't start feeling it or noticing or recognizing my feelings and stuff like that until I was about five. And so I lived with it my entire life until the day she passed away. And I lived with um, severe guilt, shame, insecurities. Um, I didn't know any different. I never knew different of not knowing what those feelings felt like, bitterness, jealousy, um, all those kinds of things. But yet I also said that my mom had one of the most amazing hearts. I mean, she was there for so many people. She loved so deeply. Her and my dad together were just amazing. Um, They uh, just loved family, relationships, their kids. Um, so it was very confusing for me. It was very confusing to watch my mom as much as I knew that she loved me. Um, yet 
I felt that she didn't like me a lot. Um, so it was just very confusing. I was always very confused with that. Come 2013, um, the beginning of that year, my mom and I were finally starting to, I don't know, just have a, a different relationship. Um, because I was changing. I was like, you know, just let it go. Like she can talk to me however she wants, whatever. And I didn't let it sink into me like I had before. Um, I don't know. We both may have been changing and stuff, but that year, um, she decided to gift the whole family with a trip to Disneyland because that year was going to mark 20 years that my dad had been gone. Um, and Disneyland was our very favorite place to go as a child. We went every single year for Christmas time or like right before Christmas, right after Thanksgiving. Um, and my parents went there for their honeymoon. Uh, it's Disney's been huge in our family. And so, uh, we were going to go to Disneyland. She informed the whole family in, uh, like I said, 2013, but on Easter, I think it was Easter time. And she was going to pay for it all. So she wanted to pay for everyone's tickets, give extra money, all this kind of stuff. And when I'm I'm talking about my, I don't really have that big of a family, but I mean, it was a good amount of people. So like I have two older brothers. It was going to be my brothers, their, their wives, um, my kids, I have two kids, you know, that my husband, um, all that kind of stuff. But there was so much chaos and strife and still so much toxicity in my life. Like I was not totally looking forward to this trip as much as I love Disneyland. Like I just wasn't. And so anyway, um, now fast forward to November. So that's when she wanted to take us. We were going to be all going to Disneyland this November of 2013. Well, my husband and I got married, um, that year. My brother got married that year. Um, my brother and his wife had their first child together that year. Um, so a lot was happening that year. (laughs) Um, my husband and I, uh, we were able to move out of the apartment that I had been living in for so long. Um, the one that I've talked about before that, um, I was able to get for my kids and I, um, and we moved out of that apartment and into a home for rent that year. (laughs) And so us moving, we moved into that home, um, a week before we were supposed to go to Disneyland. And so my mom had planned this trip, like I said, representing like my dad's 20 years of being gone. My dad, like I said, was a Marine And, um, so she planned this for veterans like day weekend and that kind of stuff. So busy weekend. Um, and even though my dad passed away on the 24th, she just, she wanted it to be around that weekend. So she gave everybody plenty of time, plenty of notice to plan, do whatever they had to do with their schedule, take days off, all that kind of stuff. So, which was really awesome. I mean, like I said, my mom had a huge, big heart. She, she really, truly did. And yet she had this super horrible, yucky side of her. And that's because that was an illness. Again, a whole nother podcast. I will talk about bipolar um, disease and some other time, but just like I use the word disease, it truly is. It's a mental disorder. Um, and so it's a sickness. It really, truly is. Um, but, that November, so we're, 
um, getting ready for this trip. We have, you know, my husband and I are moving into this home. Um, my mom hadn't been feeling good. She had had all these doctor's appointments and, and I even had, you know, took her to a few of the appointments and they were doing all these scans like on her lungs because she had this horrible cough. Um, she couldn't breathe good. Finally, one of the appointments I took her to, you know, um, they right then and there said, you cannot leave here without oxygen. We're like, oh my gosh, I gave her this oxygen test. They asked if she had ever been exposed to um, like soil, like if she worked in dirt or soil or had been out of the country. And we're like, no, no, we have no idea. Oh my gosh, I just thought of something right now. As I'm talking about this, we're all going, you know, this is like we're all experiencing the shelter in place with COVID-19. Wow, how interesting, huh? So anyway, they couldn't like figure out what was going on with my mom. So she, and no, she had not been out of the country. No, she did not work with soil. Um, she didn't even like planting flowers or anything like that. So that wasn't her thing. So, um, she left that day with oxygen and stuff. And, and, um, like I said, my mom and I were still, we were doing better, but we were still on the rocks. Well, anyway, come now the time we're supposed to leave for Disneyland. So, uh, that day that I was supposed to actually leave, I was leaving a day before the rest of the family. It was November 8th. Everyone else was leaving on November 9th, but I only had a certain amount of days to take off from work because I was doing hair at the time. I own, you know, was, I was independent contractor or sole pri, oh gosh, I can't even say the word. Anyway, proprietor. <laughs> I always struggle with that word. I don't care if you're making fun of me. Anyway, um, And if I didn't work, I didn't get paid. So, (laughs) um, I was leaving with my daughter, uh, the day before everybody else, which, which again was November 8th. Well, my son and I at that time were barely speaking at all. My husband and him were not talking at all. And, um, my mom was supposed to bring him in for a haircut. And I said, well, mom, I have to leave at this time. Please make sure he comes in. She was bringing him in because my son didn't live with me at this time. Um, so um, she wasn't showing up, wasn't showing up. And I was getting irritated. I'm calling my grandma. I'm like, grandma, where is she? Why isn't my mom here? Because my mom lived with my grandma. I tell, I'm telling you guys, I have a lot of stories. So my grandma's like, I don't know. She's still sleeping. I'm like, What? She's supposed to be here. It's 11 o'clock. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to leave at a certain time. I got to pick Miranda. Oh, that's my daughter, by the way. I got to get her and um, all this kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, my grandma says, well, she's out cold. I don't know what to tell you. I checked on her, but she's still asleep. I'm like, whatever. Okay. I don't have time for this. And I was like, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I clean up at the salon. I leave. I'm headed to the ATM. I left a very important part out. It was November 8th, which was my oldest brother's birthday. So I'm at the ATM machine and my phone rings and it's my brother. I realized, oh my gosh, I don't even think I told him happy birthday yet. So hello, Nick. I say happy birthday. And he said, Mandy, where are you? I said, I'm at the ATM machine. Mandy, mom died. Yes, you heard that correctly, everyone. And I said, what? Mom died. I said, okay. 
I said, oh my gosh, where is she? Grandma, um, I said, you know, what's going on? I, I actually don't even remember. But he said his wife was there at the house with grandma. And, um, and my mom was in her bed and she died in her sleep. So I was like a half a mile away from my grandma's house and I call my husband as I'm headed over there and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how do I tell my kids this? Because they were very close with my mom. And I called him and I said, babe, my mom died. This was the first time in my mom's life that I ever saw her happy, really, truly happy. She was happy about this Disneyland trip. She was happy that year that her oldest son finally got married, that he finally had a baby. I know she was happy that I was being more independent, but she wasn't happy with our relationship and other things that were going on in my life. She was just happier. And so I get to my grandma's house and I go into her room and then I drop to my knees and I just thank God because my mom was exactly where she wanted to be from the day that my dad died. She didn't want to be here anymore, but she knew she had to be. She had three kids. Um, she got to experience grandkids. Um, and that was the first time in my life that I ever knew what peace was. That was the very first time. I felt nothing but peace. She was at peace. She was happy with where she was. And it was just peace. And so um, on my brother's birthday, the day before the Disneyland trip, yes, we still all went to Disneyland. Was it a good trip? Not on my end. <laughs> no, it was very strange. Um, <laughs> very strange, not fun. And, um, but we went. My mom would have wanted us to go. And so then... Here comes 2017, not much longer. I still have not healed from my dad's death, still trying to figure out and understand my mom's death, still have so much strife and chaos and toxicity in my life going on. Um, I was stuck in the middle, if any of you have ever been in a blended family. I don't know if I really call my relationship that because my husband had never been married before, doesn't have kids um, of his own. He has my children. And um, it just, I was in the middle of that. And so there was just so much going on. I still was so unhappy with myself inside, still trying to deal with my past, um, still trying to work. I was in this new career of fitness and health and just like how, like, where is this even coming from? I know this is my calling because I love it, but it was so strange to me. Um, it didn't make sense. I still was so confused, 
just so much going on. My mind was just so full um, of stuff. And so uh, come 2017, uh, we get news. We we get a text one day from my sister-in-law that she's at the hospital with my brother because um, he had he had a cold and it was pneumonia. And so they were admitting him into the hospital. I'm like, what? That just, okay. That sounds so strange. I just saw him a couple weeks ago. I had just seen my brother a couple weeks prior to this. And I'm like, he was totally fine. Like, that's really weird. They don't just admit you in the hospital for that. So we get another text later, a little while later that they had removed two and a half liters of fluid from his lungs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Two and a half liters. And I'm just, again, like, that is so weird. That doesn't even make sense. So I had to like envision what a two liter soda bottle looked like. Or one liter, two of them, whatever. <laughs> two and a half liters. I had to like envision what that looked like. And I'm like, How? that was in his lungs? Okay, so what do I do? I get in the car, I head to the hospital. And my sister-in-law's in there. My brother's in a hospital bed. And I looked at my brother and I just was like, who am I even looking at? Within two weeks, he looked like he had lost 50 pounds. Um, He was very, very, very pale. Um, And he kept asking me, he's like, do I look pale? Do I look pale to you? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I didn't really know what to say. I didn't, um, it was just very uncomfortable. And, uh, I just, I had these weird thoughts going on in my head and I just didn't know how to take everything. I was just, I don't know. I was just kind of numb inside. Like what is happening right now? So I visited for a little while. Um, and I went home and I remember my husband coming home from work that night and he was sitting in his chair and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm sitting on the edge of the couch and, I looked at my husband and I said, my brother is going to die. I just know it. I know it. And I don't know, the next day, I just remember standing in the kitchen of our house and just crying. I'm just being like, oh, dear God, what? Help me. Because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do anymore. I have had so much loss in between my dad dying, losing friends, like just bad relationships, thinking I had friends and them not being friends, Um, me not wanting to be friends with certain people because I was so insecure, like relationships were hard. I lost my dad. I'd lost my mom. Even even after my dad passed away, my mom had um, malignant melanoma, stage four melanoma, cancer, that she was told she only had a year to live. Like my dad had cancer. My mom had cancer. I had seen disease in my family. Um, so much just hard, hard things in my family. I've seen so much at hospitals, doctors, medications, um, disease, illnesses, sicknesses, all that kind of stuff. And I just, I'm like, what? is happening. Oh dear God, please help me. Cuz I don't know what to do. And prior to this, I had purchased my very first Bible by Joyce Meyer. Um I love Joyce Meyer. 
2014, I came to know her. So I was starting to um, understand who God was, understand Jesus, understand Holy Spirit, things like that. And I was learning to just um, be be more comfortable with talking about God and and just knowing all these things. And again, a whole different podcast, but that was 2014. So that was, you know, soon after my mom had died, actually, that that started happening. And so 2016, in December, I purchased myself um, my very first Bible from Joyce Meyer, the Everyday Life Bible. And so when I got it, uh, towards the end of December 2016, I read Revelations because I always start from the back of a book and... um I was just in awe after reading Revelations. I mean, it was the most amazing thing I had ever read in my life. But I put my Bible away right after that. Um, I I kind of felt like, where do I go from here? I didn't know what to do. It was like this weird fear, fear thing, like, but excitement. And I put the Bible away. So I'm standing there crying and I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, help me. I don't know what to do. And I walked to our back room, storeroom, office, whatever that, that day. And I grabbed my Bible and I started reading. I didn't know what I was reading. I just started flipping through pages and reading. And um, fast forward seven weeks, um, my brother was definitely diagnosed with uh, cancer, a very, very aggressive cancer stage four. They didn't even know what type of cancer it was at first. They didn't know what type of treatment to even start him on. Um, I put myself kind of into the situation. Uh, when we found out he was sick, I actually went to the doctor's appointment with my sister-in-law and my brother that day. I just, I felt like I had to just go. I wanted to be there for them. Um, and, and so I went with them to this appointment and they said they were admitting my brother right then and there in the hospital, that he needed to start treatment immediately. I knew it was serious. I knew it was, absolutely. And so just by the way my brother looked, what he was experiencing with his body um, and them admitting him right then and there. And so thankfully I was there because I was able to drive home with my sister-in-law that day. I can't even imagine what she must've been feeling um, or going through. And um, so they didn't even know what type of cancer he had at first. And they had to take samples of of whatever his blood and stuff and send it to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, I believe that's where it is. And we had to wait to get a response back because they had a hard time figuring out what it was. So finally it came back that he had um, soft tissue. Um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of what it, what it is. Oh my gosh. Sorry, but it was very aggressive type of cancer stage four. And, um, and he ended up passing away seven weeks later. So how that ended up happening was that, um, oh, we actively watched him die for five days. And if you don't know what that is, you could look that up. <laughs> um, but we, uh, we just sat around for five days, um, 
His eyes weren't open. He was still breathing. And he could still feel us because every once in a while he'd move his hand. Every once in a while he'd make a grunt. But the cancer had spread so rapidly through his entire body. So when I say I've experienced a lot of different things, this probably was the, I don't know, I don't, most intense thing I had experienced, um, watching my brother go through this, watching my sister-in-law, watching my family. Um, thankfully I was in the word as slightly, slightly at the very beginning. Thankfully I was where I was with my faith and it just helped drive me more to want to know more and be even stronger in my faith. And so, oh, My brother at age 44 passed away, which my dad was 46. My brother was 44. Um, My mom was 67, 65, 66, something like that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, loss. Life is too short. There's a little history. That was long. That's just a little bit, a little, little, little bit, I say. Life really is too short. So I learned this from Joyce Meyer. When you look at a headstone, you see when the date someone is born, a dash and the date that they died. What are we doing with that dash? What are you doing? What are we here for? What is our purpose? Remember I talked about our purpose-driven life. What is our purpose here? What are we meant to do? How are we spending each day? Time really does pass so fast. And yet here I have my grandma who's 98. (laughs) She turned 98 this year. Sorry, I'm forgetting a lot. Soft tissue sarcoma. I just remembered. Soft tissue sarcoma cancer was what my brother had um, in his groin. And he had a huge mass in his groin. Um, So, yeah, anyway, my grandma who's still here, 98, But yet our life is so short. Time goes by so fast. And you talk about experiencing things. That woman has experienced things. And now she's experiencing this COVID-19. It's so interesting to hear her talk about it. Oh my gosh, I wish she could sit in front of all of you. (laughs) And you could all hear her. It is funny. (laughs) Um, And that woman has her wits about her. Oh, it's amazing. Anyway, life is so short. How are you spending your day, each day? Are you sitting here moping, complaining, whining, grunting, all that kind of stuff? Or are you choosing to find everything to be positive? Or are you choosing to, you know, live a more positive life? Are you choosing to, you know, find the good even in the struggles? What are you choosing to do? Because it's all about a choice. When we wake up that morning, that is a blessing. So many people say, have a blessed day. Um, We are already blessed. We woke up extremely blessed. So please remember that. As soon as you open up those eyes, as soon as you, those feet hit the ground, you are so blessed. And I have come to learn that 
we are here to serve. We are here to bring glory to God, to find our purpose, to be kind to others, love others, share everything that we have with others. Nothing is guaranteed. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. We absolutely are not guaranteed tomorrow. We are not guaranteed the next hour. We are not guaranteed the next five minutes. You know, everyone says like, oh, live your life to the fullest. Some of us don't even know what that is. And some of us are not happy right now. But we have to live this happy life. It is hard to find that. But if you wake up each day hoping and you have hope that you can work towards finding out what that is for you, then you are on a great path. Are you exactly where you want to be? Maybe you're not. But at least you're not where you used to be. Again, that was a Joyce Meyer saying. That's not me. Don't quote me on that. That's Joyce Meyer. So every day is a step forward to learn how to find happiness, to be kinder, more gentle, to love more. And, you know, this whole COVID-19 that's happening, you know, a lot of us, it's opening up all of our eyes to so many different things. We are having to learn so many new things that just landed in our lap overnight. And it could be very, very hard. But I will tell you this. I've read the entire Bible. I've, I'm studying it and I don't ever want to stop. And I've read it a few times and I'm going to keep reading it and I'm going to keep reading it until it keeps sinking in, until I understand even more and more and more and more and more. And never, ever, ever does it say in there that we won't experience difficulties, challenges, trials, struggles. In fact, it talks a lot about that is life. That is life. That is living here on planet earth. Every day brings new challenges, new struggles, but it's how we choose to handle all of those. How is our attitude going to be? Yeah, a lot to think about. You know, life really is too short. And, you know, we can choose to be unhappy. We can choose to be bitter. Or we can choose to try and find that happiness. And I will tell you, ever since my dad held my hand and told me that that day, yes, I lost all happiness, but it has been my goal since that day on November 23rd, 1993, I'm sorry, November 24th, 1993. It has been my goal to find what happiness is. And I have found it. And it has taken me that long. Again, I'm 42. Do the math, okay? Am I, ha- I am very happy. 
very, very happy. And I have learned that happiness does not come from the home that I have. It does not come from the car that I drive. It does not come from the money I might have in my bank account or in my wallet. It does not come from the type of clothes I have on my body. It does not come from any of the plastic surgery I have. It does not come from any of the workouts that I do. It does not come from making sure I count every macro and count my calories and track all my food. My happiness does not come from watching certain TV shows. Can those things bring joy and excitement and happiness? Yes, they can. But an overall happiness within my heart comes from knowing Jesus and knowing who I am in Christ. And you can have that too. You can. We are told we are to seek and and discover. You can listen to any pastor. You can even listen to me right now. You can listen to all this kind of stuff, but his word says we are to seek. So you can discover that for yourself. And um, you can have a happy life. You can heal. You truly can heal. And again, it does, it's all a choice. It does take work. It's a choice. And what are you willing to put into it? I've pulled myself away from a lot of different things so that I could find this. Because I do not want to live any longer um, being unhappy. Uh, There's a new song out by Jeremy Camp. Um, Keep Your Eyes Open. Is that the name of it? (laughs) Um, In, oh, I can't even think of the name. Anyway, I'm so sorry, but I want to live with my eyes wide open, and that's what he talks about, and I hope this for all of you. I have learned that we really, truly are to love one another. We are to encourage one another. We are to help one another. Um, love, love is the greatest of all. It really, truly is. And a lot of that starts with knowing who we are in Christ, loving ourselves, and then we are able to love others. Once we start learning and knowing who Jesus is and stuff like that, we just, we feel different inside. I know it and I'm talking about it because I've experienced it. Um, I've had the life of not knowing it and I have the life of knowing it. And I know how I was and how I felt not knowing who he is. And I have the life and, and have experienced knowing who he is. And I love this so much better. <laughs> um, so life really is too short. And I really hope that if you have goals and dreams and desires and all that, that you will continue to press on, keep working towards them. Don't ever give up hope. You are worth it. He says it. His word says it. It is written. You are worth it. You are. It is written that he gave all of us special gifts and talents. And we are to use those gifts and talents to bless others with. We're not to hold them and hide them and and keep them for ourselves. We're not supposed to do that. We are supposed to share them. 
And anyway, thank you for listening. Um, kind of random today, but time, time passes so fast. Um, before you know it, you're looking at your kids and they're adults. Um, <laughs> uh, that's me. And before you know it, you have grandchildren. I have one. Before you know it, you're in your 50s and you're like, oh my gosh, I have this bucket list and I didn't even scratch two things off of it. Um, Before you know it, time just passes by. Please, please, please live today um, as if Jesus is coming today. What would you do if he did? What would you do if there was a knock at your door right now and you opened it and there's Jesus standing right there? Hmm. Pretty interesting. Would you let him in or would you be like, oh my gosh, I didn't like put the dishes away and I didn't clean up. Okay, hang on, Jesus. Hang on. Let me, I'll be right back. <laughs> no, don't do that. You open that door and you invite him in and you let him hug you and embrace you because <laughs> he does not care if you have dishes in your sink. If he is knocking at your door, he cares about your heart and he cares about what you're going to do if he is knocking at your door. If you hear that knock, open up that door because life is way too short. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great, continued, blessed day.